Gonna use our imaginations for this intro music. Uh, yo, welcome to Rogue History. I promise you, we're gonna get a crazy intro. And I'm Edgar, also Eggy Spaghetti. I'm Alex, just Alex. Just Alex, you no got spaghetti. a moniker? You no got a moniker, bro. Everybody needs their own moniker. <laughs> I am Alejandro Amoretti. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's a good one. I'm just Brian Lie. Don't got any other names in there. No middle name, nothing. Low, <laughs> low syllable count, too. I'm Yaz. Also go by Yazinator. You know what I'm saying? The human birth control. Mm. Yeah. Oh, although, yeah. <laughs> although, I would not recommend you guys use it. It was recalled before, so all the ladies out there stay away from the yes birth control. I'm pretty I, sure I, they discontinued it. I wouldn't think my mom is listening, but it's worth saying that she was on birth control for all three of us. And none of that shit, <laughs> none of that shit in the 80s worked. Oh, man. None of that shit worked. My bad. Um, <laughs> yo, so, boom. Last episode, we were able to set our time frame and our place. We know where time begins for us, right. and we know how we feel about where we are. So that gives us a good starting point to then ask you. Now we could get into some more philosophical stuff, some more, sure, yeah. some more uh, out there stuff. How do you feel about the war on science? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and we're, and we're going to go reverse. We're starting off on that. Yeah, we're starting off with that. We, we're right. starting off strong. We're coming with the heat strong, and then we'll doze off later. Damn, and okay. And the shit is, just to switch it up a little bit, we're yeah. going to go ahead and go in reverse alphabetical order, just to make right. things you're different. Now, make now you're special. really fucking shit up. Yeah. yeah. You know I don't I mean? know if I belong here anymore. <laughs> and, All yo, right. the shit, shit is up. that Brian is such a steady force that he's still in the same spot that he would be in. Damn. So, That's you know deep, It's crazy. That's true. So, let's go ahead. Yaz, give us your take on the war on science, and if you could tell us what the war on science is or what you think it is, what you perceive it to be, that'll give me some background to, to, to make comments on the side. So I think there is a, some sort of war on science. I don't think it's only coordinated by like government and stuff. It's mostly a special interest group. Like, so for example, a really famous article from the New York Times came out two years ago about how the sugar industry shifted the blame to fat as the main cause of heart diseases and like everything else that is wrong with us. And it was Harvard scientists conducting the study and they're like showing that, oh, you know, there's a correlation between fat and heart diseases, which was like not true at all. It turned out that they were paid by like the big sugar industry. Wait a, wait a goddamn second. So fat free does has no effect on you? Like, wait. So I, I mean, like, sorry, well, like the way I'm saying is like, if like something is fat free, it doesn't mean it's good for you. Because, okay. like, if it's, it's going to be high in carbs, high in sugar. So, right after right. that after that report came out, there's been a high movement, like a concentrated movement for a ketogenic diet, which is, like, reducing the amount of carbs and sugar that you take and focusing more on high-fat diet, which is, fat is like a battery for your body. No, but I like, got a big-ass battery. My shit's, like, 35,000 ma, you heard? Yeah. You got an energy. <laughs> energy <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, like, you can run for, like, 30 lifetimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Right, but, like, I mean, like, if you look at it as a battery, you can survive off that battery for a long time because that's what that's what fat is used for. So that example, like, for me, I think, is what a war on science is, which is special interest group manipulating scientific data and for their own interests. Now, that is, in my opinion, is a bad thing, but like, hypothetically speaking, in this country, even though there's like some sort of war on science by different special interest groups, I think science in the end prevails because even if like the truth comes out like, hey, you know, like sugar is actually the thing that is bad for you, it still takes a long time for everyone to come on board and understand that. You know, that's the most, you know, 
powerful thing about this country. And it's like, you know, you can use the truth to change people's perception, not immediately, but over time. So, so I guess your, your, your vision for the war on science is more based on the idea of like special entrance group getting faulty science out there. Right. And like, you know, so I mean, even like, let's say coal, like now it's like the whole like coal industry for like power and stuff. Like, like a long time ago, coal was the perfect thing to do. Scientifically speaking, you can use coal for combustion engine for like running power and stuff because there was no solar power back then. But then over time, you gather data on how it affects the environment. And then it indicates that if you use renewable energy, it does actually, you know, reduce the amount of impact on the environment versus coal. Now, the problem with special interest group and bad science is that, you know, just by adding that data, it doesn't mean that, you know, the coal plant's going to, like, dismantle their factories right away and just, like, but, yeah. like... I'm going to jump in on that, actually, because you bring up a very good uh, topic here. Damn, Brian, your voice is just amazing. Is it? Yeah, yeah. it is. It really like, is. Thank you. It really is. Um, <laughs> you, you so, on radio like, my, my ears are Sultry falling right like, <laughs> It's like ear yeah. jazz in my right. ear. Yeah, right. I, I, I see, have wax pouring yeah. out of my ear right now. It's just like... It's like, like the lights I, of the I room guys, just dimmed. Yeah, I see you guys blushing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but on the topic of coal, actually, so a lot of... There's a lot of, like, global politics going on right now about, like, India and China. Mm-hmm basically like being huge polluters shit like that right right but they need to do that right they basically grew from like an undeveloped third world country mm-hmm. with basically no industry no modern technology right into global powers within like 50 years right yeah it took america and the western world 200 300 years mm-hmm. to grow to what we are today and they did that in like 40, 50 that's, years. That's, right? that's not a fair equivalent, though. It's so, not, a know, no, equivalent it's not a fair equivalent because of the technology available yeah, they had for, it during the, the times the when they right, developed. Right. You know what I mean? But they can't just make the jump from like sticks and stones. I mean, that's obviously like an exaggeration. Bones. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. They, they, <laughs> they can't <laughs> wait an exaggeration, but they can't make that jump, you <laughs> yeah. know, like from what they were working with to, you know, like solar panels and like, you know, making cell phones and shit like that without going through the step of burning coal and other fossil fuels and know? this was uh india and china right and okay. other countries as well but they're obviously like the biggest they're like the headline they're ones. the biggest ones right yeah it's oh. worth noting that china would technically be a second world yes country. uh yeah, yeah. i well, mean these, I, these know, are these are actually it's like funny. <laughs> that was a comeback question terms, for me yeah. because that's a that's a, a common like uh thing that i have with people is that for some reason at some point third world became well uh, third world just meant you didn't pick a side between yeah, communism soviets and right, exactly right yeah, but specifically like it, it, soviets and america and america yeah, yeah specifically it was after world war ii during the cold right. war yeah. if you aligned with the soviets you were second world if you aligned with america you were first yeah. world and then the third world countries were all the unaligned countries right. and that somehow became like came synonymous to with poor. undeveloped right. yeah, not or broke history. poor i yeah. was going poor yeah, yeah. i'm going to just say poor it's countries like, from yeah, now like, on like yeah, people yeah people are just like I yo these, yeah so <laughs> um, all right brian so yeah. hey, so now we got some some of your take on coal and all that and the, so how do you perceive the war on science and what does that mean to you it's a multi-dimensional issue here war on science it definitely exists but it's not just on science we there's certainly a war on religion. We don't like to talk about that, too. you got to pick a side. Yeah, you really do. That's ultimately <laughs> what it is, right? It's about fundamentalist beliefs. People these days believe in science almost as if, like, it were a religion. It's an absolute mm-hmm. truth. 
It's um, also worth noting that you're talking about like the scientific community, science as people think about it, right. not the scientific not method, the method, which is just right. a tool for exactly. discovery yeah. um, research. Right. That's exactly what I mean. Right. But, well, maybe not so much war. Yeah, actually. like my so so here's here's what I'm trying to here's what I'm trying to like uh, figure out because when you talk about let's say like a war on science, right? It, it's we're talking about more of like a like a lashback. Yeah, or if you're talking about a, a war, it's backlash. yeah, backlash. If, if, you, if you're talking about a war <laughs> on any idea, like a war on an idea, yeah. not an yeah. actual thing, but yeah, an yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. So anything where people are like actively campaigning against it. I would consider a war on blank. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's not so much an active thing. War mm-hmm. might not be a good word for it, but unfortunately yeah. we don't have like a very good alternative. Not, war on has a great ring to it, though. Mm-hmm. It does. The war on. Drugs. You know, frankly, that's just like yeah, the war on yeah that's just like uh, media hyperbole, right? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or the war on marijuana. So, so what's <laughs> Alex? What's, so, do you agree also that there's some kind of war on science that that's we're actively in the midst of? I, I, I think it could be seen in just gag orders, right? Like mm, the fact that the EPA yeah. has gag orders on its staff, the fact that there's research that's not allowed to be released. I mean, what the fuck is that, you know? Yeah, like yeah, it'd yeah. be one thing to have it come out and be like, you know, this is inconclusive or include some kind of asterisk, you know, footnote that says like, you know, this is the working theory and it's not necessarily proven by all scientists. Yeah, I, I get that. But to just be like, you can't talk about this. That's some like black cloak and mask type of shit right there well so okay so here's here's my um so i feel like this is different than what i initially understood it to mean right Mm. so like the idea that there are uh, not the idea that the fact that that the epa has gag orders and there's certain studies and things that can't be released right i that's more of like a war on information right like not necessarily the science itself the information can't be released it's a war on the scientific community though because if there's a consensus Mm. and that community, which again is not the method, but the community, uh, really wants the public to know about this, and elected officials are like, nah. But that doesn't feel like it's an attack on science. That's more of like a hoarding of power, right? Like knowledge, yeah. the yeah. knowledge that 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 could be spread out is being withheld. I'd consider right. that's more one, of a power one, struggle. One yeah. in the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My idea of this war on science was more the growing community of flat earthers. Right. That's a side and, effect. And this, Ooh, and this yeah. is this was my idea of it is the fact that more and more people are saying it's like the pendulum is swinging back, yeah. right? Because there was a time when we decided collectively to be like, "Yo, you see these fucking magic tricks? Fuck these magic tricks." Yeah. I, I want to know how you did that shit. Post-mail yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where we were like, we we're tired of the illusions. Right. Yeah. And the pendulum swang in the way of now we want. The scientific method. Now we want to know how you separated that woman. Yeah, yeah. We were no longer pacified by the idea that it was magic, right? right? Yeah. Now so the that'd pendu- be the war on religion, right? And that would right. be the war on religion, where mm. it was kind of like all these. Uh, how do you say deities, deities, deities? All these deities, we or began. Deities. Cr- they began crumbling down. We right, began yeah. to. We began to chip at the ideas that yo, how could two people have created the entire populace? Right, you know yeah. how how do you fit a doubt? You know two two. Uh, of every animal on a boat like where do you put the shit you know what I mean like it's all these things we started to ship away at to the point where we got to just now it's just like give me science or give me death right Right, yeah and then once you get to that point now the the pendulum is swinging in the other way where people are uber spiritual now motherfuckers are collecting rocks and following (laughs) the signs of the moons and rubbing rocks for good luck and the earth is flat and everyone is spiritual and you do a little yoga the pendulum swung so hard that it broke everyone's minds and now people don't know what to believe and there's a massive vacuum in both spiritual belief and 
hard science. You know, when Obama was in office, you got some guy bringing in a snowball being like, see, there's no global warming, there's snow outside. Yeah. And that simplified type of uh, way of thinking is really appealing to people that don't have the time to do the science themselves. Right, they go like, yeah, right. yeah, I don't feel like the earth is round. Right. So yeah, it can't be round. Well, I, I'm going to just uh, jump on that one. There was also like a period of time where there was like a collective culture of kind of like science shaming, smart shaming mm-hmm. for like being being a nerd. Yeah, it's you know? true. Right. I mean, now it's like kind of popular again for whatever reason, right? Like tech tech guys are like rock stars in some true. spheres. It's right. the money. It yeah. is the money. Yeah. yeah. That's not for whatever reason. Tech it's guys the have their own shows. Yeah, like yeah, in America, we used to worship astronauts. We used no, to worship physicists. Right. This we is did. how we. That's, this is how we beat the Soviet, the Soviet Union. That's what it was that's in true, the fifties, sixties, 70s. and then like in the eighties and nineties, we started getting like in the culture and the media, like oh these cool guys, skateboarder bros, you know, yeah. like yeah. I mean, it didn't give me, a shit yeah. about like school. Like being vegged out was dope. Exactly. Yeah. And now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's so pretty fun to be vegged out. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of um, Red Hot Chili Peppers song. (laughs) Like in Californication, there's a quote, and he said, Anthony Kiedis says, um, Space may be the final frontier, but it's made in a Hollywood basement. And I was like, I was like, I mean, it's not to like give any credit to the Flat Earther series, but like, you know, these kind of things, you know, do pop up in you know, pop culture where it's like you question what's like the final frontier and all that kind of stuff. People say things like, oh, you know, the nutrition community changes their minds every 10 years and stuff like that. But I mean, honestly, the answer to bad science is just better science. And that's yeah, why, like, yeah, yeah. you shouldn't get too hung up on any specific idea. <laughs> right. yeah. You got to be able to, like, you know, we're wrong about the whole saturated fats yeah. thing. It's really the carbs. Right. Uh, just, you know, for our listeners out there, don't do t- go too heavy with the fat too. You know, like just everything in moderation. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want everyone well, getting I mean, heart disease. Well, well I mean, there. that's that's that would save a lot of people from a lot of grief, right? Because there was a time where like being religious was stupid uh, yeah. to me. Like I think that we entered a point in time where like you couldn't be smart and religious. The, the yeah, two didn't coincide. Right, right, right. There were so conflicting ideas. Right. They were like for for a long time there were conflicting ideas, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's where there was that war on religion kind of thing comes in where all of a sudden it became like, if you want to be smart, you need to know that it's impossible to turn water to wine. And right. that right? smug attitude yeah. can be kind of a turnoff. To right. It's, it's, it could be very smug, but then, we, and, and that helped the pendulum swing directly towards science, but then yeah. when you look at right. how smug they are, and then when you look at science itself, science itself requires you to suspend your disbelief almost just as much as religion does. Absolutely. And the reason is that I have to believe that I'm actually not touching this table. Right. And what happens is that because atoms can't touch, they split. And that's why like a knife cuts me. Right? right, because the knife never cuts me. The knife never actually touches my skin, right. but rather it spreads the atoms because they can't connect with each and other. Don't try right. this at home, ladies. And, and well, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. But it's like I'm supposed <laughs> to believe true. that it's shit, yeah. as opposed to like, yo, this knife is fucking cutting me. You understand like, what I mean? Like, so religion tries to explain why things happen, while science tries to explain how things happen. Science can never tell you why something happened. I like it that. can always tell you how. Yeah, that's the not detail, true. The date, that's not true. It, that's not true. Like, I mean, Science like, does by tell data, you why things happen. No, they don't. The, they tell you Science how. never tells you why things happen. Uh, why did? Why was there a Big Bang? 
Yeah, that's a that's a bad question. But science will tell you why this falls to the floor if I drop it. How did it fall? No, 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 no. It tells me why. Why do there's no there's no there's no truth to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but that's there's what I'm like saying. How that, that's that's a falls. nice quote, but it, it it doesn't really apply. You know that scientifically, that quote is not accurate. Like it, if you put that through the scientific method, yeah. well, I don't think it's accurate. It's, I think religion it, it, would tell you why because no, God there, there's like there's a certain there is a certain truth to what Yaz is saying, um, like how things happen versus why things happen. Mm-hmm. Certainly, yeah, science can't explain you know like why that can is going to fall down. But yeah. at the end of the day, why is it though that gravity exists? Because that's what it is, right? That's right. why it happens. Gravity. Mm-hmm. Why does it exist though? We don't fucking know. If you keep asking you know? why, you're just going to keep going back. And exactly. Back. Keep right. Back. Exactly. You're not going to find back so to God, that's, that's, like, that's, yeah. that's there. That certain truth right, right. there. You know, like yeah. at the end of the day, why these things exist, you can't really explain. You will always go back to the Big yeah. Bang. But like, exactly. <laughs> You'll go back to the yeah. Big Bang, and then like sure. someone's going to be like, "Yo, so yeah. why why did that shit happen?" Yeah, you don't. I know. mean, the only thing like no I would imagine like, okay, why? Because we live in a simulation. I would take it. Like, <laughs> I have no problem with the simulation. That's yeah, fine, I have a problem you know, with you know what I find this is what it feels like. You I'm know what I find disturbing, though? This yeah. is what I find disturbing. Why is it so much easier to believe in a simulation than it is to believe in God? Well, because VR, dude. Like, once you put your VR what? headset no, on, actually, I'm like, I believe in That's, that's actually because, a really good point. Like, like when, you, when you say, yo, if you told me that we live in a simulation, I'm all good with that. It's like you're saying, like, I'm cool with that being God. If we create, yeah, if we, if we live what? in a simulation, yeah. whoever programmed it is... By that word's definition, God. God, God. yeah. Right. The, the thing that I t- was telling you the other day, which is about consciousness, right. like the only thing that anyone listening to this podcast could prove is the only thing in the entire universe you could prove is that you're conscious. And all you know is that you have subjective experience. You can't actually prove anything beyond that. Yeah. I don't know that I take it on good faith that Edgar's conscious. He right. appears to me to seem like a conscious being, but I can't prove it yeah and i don't think even the most cutting-edge science can actually lock down on where and what consciousness is i'm gonna stop you right there before you ruin a future episode (laughs) with all these facts and we're gonna say goodbye to yaz all right take care yaz yaz is gonna dance his way out of his room because he doesn't want to talk about punching nazis which is where we're going next like uh, like my opinion definitely punch a nazi (laughs) all right just leave that there but like just make sure it's a nazi first yeah just not like somebody you don't like yeah like prove it's a nazi first now that Yaz is out of here, we can talk about punching all the Nazis. <laughs> all right, so the next topic is, it, it's more of a philosophical question, I would say. It's more of like a philosophical mm, thing. Yeah. It's and it's something that arose uh, recently, right? Like, just amidst all this, like... Like, 2016, it kind of came back into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Punching Nazis. And I guess that's the question. Do we punch Nazis? Mm. It's paradoxical and, almost. Yeah, yeah, and if we're still going reverse alphabetical, B, you get to go Ooh, first boy. now. Sweet. Yeah. I am. God, that sigh is so loaded. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the sigh of a heavy thought. We call it that a, a, a pregnant pause. Ooh, Ooh. alliteration. Pulling out you all know, SAT words. <laughs> <laughs> that prep course really worked, <laughs> worked wonders. I am. I'm against it. Well, I would not do it, but I think people should do it. I can't remember the exact terminology for it, but there is this sort of like paradox, essentially you know, contesting the whole, you know, First Amendment thing, the freedom of speech thing, right? Essentially, it boiled down to if people are using exercising their right to free speech, uh, actually more specifically, like if they're using their free speech to make others not be able to exercise the right to free speech, 
is that still, you know, acceptable? Like, should that be allowed? And that's sort of, it's kind of like a, a chicken and egg thing almost, you know? Uh, like nah, it, that you, question you, is much easier. Yeah. I got, the, I got the answer to the chicken and egg. Oh, do you want chicken it right and egg? Now? Yeah, give it to me. It was an egg. It's definitely the egg. Yeah, but something else I gave know. birth to an egg. I know. And then the key, uh, the key to that. that question is that it's not what came first, the chicken or the chicken egg. Yeah. It's uh that that's yeah. where the key I mean, to the question that, is right there. I, but I agree with that too. Back. But like you know, just <laughs> I'm fucking around, yeah, bro. Yeah, before like uh you know to illustrate this idea, this thought, chicken and egg. But I totally agree with you on that. Um, egg definitely came first. <laughs> Some um, wild bird gave yeah. birth to an egg and was like, "What the fuck is this egg? Yeah. This is small and it doesn't yeah. have the right colors." <laughs> and then it, a little early it. chicken came out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody Yo, knew how to I'll, take care of it. But yeah, it's like, like basically you just end up in a circular thought. Is what I'll, I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, no, but I get it. I'm just yeah. being facetious. Yeah, but SAT word. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now nah, just to bring it back to something you said. You said if someone is using their free speech. To kind of spread Infringe. the idea of infringing this free speech of others, yeah, does that mean that consequences for that are are possible or admissible? Like, well, it, sort of the idea is: do you then stop that speech? Like, right. do you infringe on their right to free speech? Right. Okay, you I see, see how I'm that saying? could be a slippery it's a cir- slope. It's a sli- it's a circular thought, and then exactly a slippery slippery slope. Uh, slope. Yes. Yeah, my alliterations are on point this Bro, episode. My, yeah, I'm out of here. You're fucking with my tongue right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Alex, how do you feel about uh, punching Nazis? You know when you see that video of Richard Spencer getting yeah. punched by the guy with the mask on? It felt damn good. I know what you feel. Ah, oh, he's getting what he deserves. Every time you punch a Nazi, you've created a recruitment tool for future Nazis. I know you want to think that you're going to somehow beat all the Nazis into submission and they're just going to be gone from this earth and there's some future utopia. There's not. There's always going to be people that their ideas threaten your way of life. And the best you could ever do against bad ideas is fight them with good ideas. You look at Dr. King, you look at what he achieved. Could you imagine that same civil rights movement with shotguns? That shit would have been a bloodbath. Yeah. His restraint, his attachment to principles allowed, allowed like, like a 50-year uh, year jump in civil rights movement because when those cameras were pointed at those poor teens getting their asses kicked by full-grown men, it shamed the violent people and made created sympathy that became its own weapon and fought all the old ideas of the 19th century and allowed for new ideas to come in. It allowed for the civil rights movement. It allowed for everything that we enjoy today. It allowed for the first black president. So fight your instincts, guys. This is probably worth noting. I'm not talking about people with rifles from Germany. I'm talking about neo-Nazis in America that are doing some stupid parade with tiki torches. If somebody threatens you violently, throw your hands up and fight them. I'm not saying not to, but if they're just like marching, who gives a shit, man? Make fun of them. Debate them. And you know what? If you actually talk to any, if you actually look up any former Nazis that were reformed, what reformed them wasn't getting the shit kicked out of them. Look it up yourself if you don't believe me. It doesn't work. And if you really want to serve your cause, show some restraint. So, all right. So there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of bullet points. I'm glad that you feel strongly about this because it gives us something to kind of uh, discourse about, right? You brought in uh, Martin Luther King, right? And I think that his methods of nonviolence I think that you can look at that through a different lens because at the same time that Martin Luther King was doing what he was doing, there was also a bunch of people doing the violent approach. And not the violent approach because it's not that they were promoting violence, 
But what they were saying was that violence is acceptable, right? And, you know, by any means necessary, as, as a contrast. And then you have people like Stokely Carmichael, with, with, and he has a famous quote that's like, um, nonviolence only works if your enemy has a conscience, right? Now, with that being said, these people were at the same time as Martin Luther King Jr. Now, the problem that I have consolidating the idea that Martin Luther King moves the civil rights movements 50 years or like change that is the fact that he's the most promoted one. He's the one that we latch on to commercially. He's the biggest commercial success because it's very easy to be like peace, love and happiness. And you could promote that from both sides. Right. So it's very difficult to promote somebody like uh, Stokely Carmichael, who's saying black power. Right. He's screaming black power at the top of his lungs. They're raising up a fist in protest and they're saying, yo, if you have to defend yourself with tooth and nail if you have to no not only if you have to it, it i'm sorry i'll rephrase that he was saying you have to defend yourself with tooth and nail because the institution that we're fighting has no conscience they don't have a conscience that's going to say because you're being nonviolent, we're going to respect that and to his point martin luther king got his fucking lid blew off right like like he got his head taken all the way off right now so that just shows you that the fight that you're fighting does, like the people you're fighting against don't have the conscience to say we see you being peaceful we see you showing love we see you organizing people of all races because martin luther king's vision was that people of all races should unite should unite for economic freedom that was like his like his core value was empowering people to have economic freedom poor people whether you were black white asian spanish whatever you were it, it didn't matter and that was like his big proponent you know mm -hmm. what i mean like his dream was not about black people. His dream was about unifying humanity, right? And and kind of uh, lifting up people from poverty. And nonviolent revolutions and, tend to be that way. Right. They tend so, to have the wide lens of pluralism and so, not just like, you know, I just want my tribe to win. Right. I want both of our tribes so then that's, to, to me, equal rights. That to me is what makes the statistics very, very questionable. Because to me, statistically, you would say that the nonviolent revolution worked because no one got hurt. So it's like when you measure the success of a nonviolent revolution, how do you measure that? Because so would you consider Martin Luther King's civil rights movement successful if mm. 60 years later we're still dealing with the same stigmas? We're still dealing with the same kind of things going on? Like Jim Crow changed to the prison industrial complex and we're still dealing with those things. So do you consider the civil rights movement successful? 100% successful. I don't think we're done. Okay. And I, I mean, dude, there are Jewish people in America that still face threats from these Nazis. So, you know, to, to make it seem like it's just a black versus white thing is, a, is, is is missing a little bit of what's going what's actually going on. There's a lot of um, I mean, you, you could be a Caucasian Muslim and, and be threatened by these people. It's, it's, it's not really just white and black. I, but like when you attack these people and the cameras are rolling, you're like I said, you're creating a recruitment tool and people who are more on the fence mm -hmm. and who are maybe kind of like turned off by these white power, white supremacist people, now they look at them like, oh, well, they were just marching and they got hit in the face and the media is saying, what a good job. Like, that's not freedom of speech. How about we just don't punch people in the face unless they threaten us personally? And, you know, again, if you're actually going to try to push back on it, like, what's your end game here? Is your end game to just, like, create violence? Violence just begets more violence. Yeah. If your end game is to uh, create a better world, let them fade away. Fight their bad ideas with good ideas. But to Edgar's point, though, 
what if what they want is not a debate, though, right? Yeah. Do you think Nazis in this country have more power? I would say that well, like they're a fringe group at right, best. Okay, okay. Here's, a, here's the thing. Here's they the thing. Are a we we group. have to we that. have to kind of um, we have to sit back and say that we're using neo-Nazi as a euphemism here, right? Like we're not yeah. maybe actually, let's say white supremacists. Yeah, we're not even actually talking about the the neo-Nazi organization and the people that identify right. there. It's yeah. being used as a euphemism for anyone who has a contrary belief to, or anybody who has a belief that threatens your way of life. You know what I mean? Whatever group you're referring to. Yeah. I don't think ideas are worth starting violence over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think actions could be. Like yeah. I said, like, you know, if I'm in a situation where some Nazis are threatening me, I'm going to stand up for myself. Well, that's that. That's. But so, like, do you, do you remember this meme of like, all right, so there was this white chick with blonde hair. There's a picture of her with like blood all over her face. It's been debunked. It actually turns out that it was a background character from Walking Dead. But this was used as a recruitment tool for anti- antifa violence so white supremacist groups were using this picture and people were buying it because when right. you look and you see pictures of people punching richard spencer in the face while i understand the ins- the impulse i think uh restraint is probably what would serve your uh your goals so, better all right so here's here's my whole thing you just brought up the so there's, there's two things that i gotta bring up number mm-hmm. one you said ideas are not something that should trigger violence not in themselves. At least not, not, in, not, 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 because, in, not in the United States in a democracy where the police got your back. Well, if you're in a situation where you live in some small town and the police are actually like coming out to get you, that's yeah. a whole different situation. I feel like if you're at, 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 the, at the heart of it, ideas are the only things worth being violent about. Do you mean like go up to people that are holding signs protesting and punch them in the face? Yeah, I mean violence. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean violence. Like, for example, if you don't... If we're here in America and we're fighting for the idea of America, you are part of the 13 colonies and you want your freedom from Britain and you're fighting for the idea of no taxation without representation, right? That's what you're fighting for. You have to get violent in order for that needle to move. It's like there are situations in which in order for the needle to move on your idea, you have to get violent. Look at where you come from, the Dominican Republic. Compare that to the Haitian Revolution. Mm-hmm. Which would you consider a yeah. more successful revolution? So that, and that's the thing. We're talking about two failed revolutions. Uh, were you going to jump in on something? I, I was, like, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go, uh, go for that first, and then we'll, we'll cover the, the thing right afterwards. Because okay. I have yeah. that stored. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. All right, good. Uh, so I actually wanted to go back to what uh, Alex was saying about the whole fringe group thing. Um, and then also kind of to your point about the whole 13 colonies thing, the British Empire yeah. or whatnot, right? Fighting for your idea ideas ideals really is what we're talking about um yeah certainly makes sense uh those are like two different situations right um the british had dominion over the 13 colonies and the people living here clearly didn't like that these like neo-nazis i'm using air quotes here with my fingers um they're they are a fringe group right they don't have dominion over everyone else in this country they're literally just exercising their right to the free speech and they're just like you know they're just expressing their opinions right mm-hmm. um they're not they don't have you know r- dominion over the rest of the country it's not something we need to move collectively against and so yeah i, I don't think it's something we need to yeah it, it's also worth it's also worth noting that in past decades they did 
pretty much resort to violence in every situation. Mm. And again, in any situation where someone is threatening you, you have a divine right to protect yourself. Absolutely. I believe that. Yeah. Now they have switched to a more nuanced, clean-cut, less tattoo-faced approach. Yeah. And you are feeding into their game yeah. if you punch them in the face. Because these dudes are wearing khakis and polo shirts tucked in and their their whole point is they're trying to trigger you into punching them in the face because right, that right. serves their recruitment. Well, yeah, yeah. and it's actually one thing I forgot to mention. Um, but they but they did used to be much more violent. Yeah, yeah. And they absolutely. They, they figured out a way to kind of go in through the back door well, and right. while they're letting them in every time you punch them in the face. Right. And so like uh, these people are actually just utilizing um like no like social media is like it's given them the platform to let others listen in on what they're talking about. You know, like uh, these people have always existed. They've always been talking, but not everyone's been listening. You know, the only difference now is that like we have the means to listen in on everyone's conversations. True. Well, I think it's more than that. Honestly, I think that there's a couple things that are more than that. But before, before I I tell you why I think it's a little more than that. uh, First of all, dominion. Yes. Establishing dominion. Right. So, it's. It, it, I think I agree with you. Neo-Nazi groups do not have dominion over any of us Definitely because it's not. a small fringe group that exists mm-hmm. in this bubble that, really, literally every day, day to day, I never have to deal with a neo-Nazi ever, at least not publicly, right? However, I think that they are a representation of a system that does have dominion over people, right? Mm-hmm. And but before we continue, there is. Do you guys? subscribe to the idea of institutionalized racism uh in certain institutions yeah absolutely well in 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 american institution like in Mm. america like do you believe that america is designed in a way to have institutionalized racism i think so but it's definitely not in the way that's portrayed um in the media It, it definitely isn't like a just police in general, oh no no against... no! It's not it's not police. It's it's no. it's a historic system of absolutely right uh, of a, but unfortunately of that's, and that's how it's framed, you know, and like that that just like works backwards against you know what you want to move uh, against, you know, like so. Uh, wait a second. So when you have that institutionalized yeah. racism, right, and then you have someone like Spencer, right. Mm-hmm. Who, by when the way, he's is there, a piece of shit. he's yeah. not a he's not a voice <laughs> on the record. Yeah. On the record, Alex would have punched him like too. Don't like Richard Spencer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so like, so my whole shit is that when he's up there standing on that pedestal, he is not just a representative for neo Nazis. He is a beacon for, like, he is the physical manifestation of that institutionalized racism that America has. Since the inception of its propaganda, he's a charismatic recruiter for that institution. Yes. Right. So then, yeah. so then, when you have that, you are when you attack him, you are not attacking neo Nazis. You're not attacking him. I think that if you are the person doing the punching, I think mentally in your head you are attacking the Dominion. You understand what I mean? Like you are attacking the human form of those invisible contraptions that we feel. I think that's accurate. Yeah. yeah so so yeah. that's what I mean about dominion like when right. you, so well, so I mean that's with respect to you though, right? Right, res, r- to, with respect to the person doing the punching. But when others see that, is that what they see, right? And I think that's what Alex's point is. Right. Yeah, you're giving them a look, man. If the cameras aren't rolling, how about this? Have at it. Yeah, if the yeah, cameras yeah. are rolling, right. don't. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> frankly, <'cause... laughs> I think the real solution to this problem is like 
if media you don't really have at it, guys. Yeah, don't no, be violent. No. Uh, yeah, it's always it's always better to just be play nice. Um, yeah. But like, really, if you really want like this whole movement, you know, yeah. to stop fucking yo Fox News, CNN, C- CBS, NBC, stop playing videos of this guy. Like, if you yeah. really want to solve this problem, stop playing videos. Could of not him. agree with you more, man. Well, Let them die. All, yeah, in the minds of people yes. yeah like but listen, frank yeah but they don't want to do that because obviously that gets more they want ratings. those clicks they yeah, want those views yeah like the, the real problems you, you there's some real problems like for example you mentioned that when you do that it's a recruiting tool right yeah uh with it being a recruiting tool they clearly don't need that because they use the picture of the of the walking dead extra extra yeah just uh, but, as powerful but, but, but as a recruiting cnn tool. isn't going to play that but the thing but is, CNN that, is going to play you punching Richard this, Spencer yeah. because yeah, that right. actually happened. And I get yeah. that, but the people that are being recruited by these groups are not watching CNN. Well, like, so I, I would say recruitment. So there's a few layers to this. So recruitment doesn't just mean like people are going to march with them. It could just mean people that are going to vote sympathetically yeah, for yeah, yeah. candidates that uh, you know that that claim there's some kind of like anti-white culture movement in America. Yeah, and every chance you give them to show how uh you know these proclaimed ideals of freedom of speech only apply if it's the ideas that i support i mean which is an exaggeration but as soon as you give them that statement and that statement is technically true where it can be reported in mainstream media then there's no like uh, underground to it it's Mm -hmm. become a mainstream video you're not going to have cnn showing this 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 stupid fake meme of this girl who supposedly got her face caved in but they are going to show every other video of any Antifa person. So Richard Spencer very well could have been punched by one of his own people. But because it's been established that these people put on hoodies and wear the mask, anyone with a hoodie and a mask can pass for Antifa. For all I know, that was one of his own people punching him, and that was like a planned thing. Right. If yeah. you look at the punch, it looks like something from WWF. It doesn't even look yeah, like a yeah, real it punch. Was, and it was, it was perfectly timed. So if your revolution has masks and hoodies and sunglasses... Guess what? Now anyone could pretend to be part of your revolution by putting on a mask, yeah. hoodie, and sunglasses. Well, see, I, so so for me, the idea and the reason why I said the question was more philosophical is because I'm not actually thinking about Antifa versus neo Nazis when, when when I'm when I'm, I'm considering the playing, idea. If we're paying lesser of two evils, I, I definitely would more support Antifa's ideals than neo-nazis yeah i just don't really support violence in in public yeah uh, I, I just i'm, feel I'm like, a fan of law and order yeah i i just feel like you know what like you need a healthy dosage of violence and non-violent representation in, in either scenario like going back to mlk i don't think that mlk's vision stands without the support without the the things that were going on around him right like for example his message of love wouldn't resonate as hard with if you didn't have the Black Panther Party right behind them saying we're gonna gear up for war, right? They were playing I think, defense. Yeah, I think there's a I think there's defense a delicate is balance. Totally cool. I think there's a delicate balance though between the two. Like yin you need and yang. To, yeah, you need that. Like you yeah. need to have it's a duality. For, yeah, for anything, you need to That's have true. a nonviolent aspect, but you also need the violent aspect because people like and like I said, back to to Carmichael's fucking quote. It's just nonviolence works when your enemy does not have a conscious. And even when you're fighting an institution, some of your enemies will have a conscious, some of them will not. And you need to be able to assess that and just be, deal with it accordingly. Yeah. Like you can't draw a line in the sand and say nonviolence, nonviolence. You know what I mean? And you can't draw a line in the sand and say I'm shooting everybody. You know what I mean? So it's like it really is just 
I wouldn't say case by case. I would say you need both. You need an I, aspect I, of I, both. I could get behind that. Yeah. And to your point, oh, yeah. I'd even say like you know without uh, Malcolm X, Black Panthers, without these more militant groups, Martin Luther King maybe wouldn't have seemed as peaceful. Right. So he had, they allowed a contrast where the American public could be like, oh, I could get behind this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like a president like LBJ can be like, oh, I want to talk to that guy because yeah. he's the one that clearly is the one to deal with. Right. Yeah. It was almost like a pick your poison kind well, of scenario. Yeah, so right? I, yeah, I, c- I could see that. And again, it depends on the conditions because what was going on with with American blacks in the 60s compared to now, I mean, that was some horrible, horrible oh, yeah. violence going on towards them. Yeah. That's a situation where it, it calls for a more direct approach where, I mean, what we got now, yeah, you do see these incidents for sure. And, you know, what happened in Charlottesville it was Charlottesville, right? Where the yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. The, the over. Guy ran I over mean, that him. stuff is terrible. I, I, and I'm obviously against that too. It's just, uh, you know, if you want to serve the purpose of civil rights, uh, listen to what Dr. King said, man. Practice, you turn the other cheek every once in a while, yeah. even if you're just doing it pragmatically for the cameras, because you're, there's a war of hearts and minds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you want to you want to stomp out their message by showing that you're actually better than them. Yeah. With that said, we hate the 24-hour news cycle because that's the real perpetrator of these issues. Oh, for sure. It all uh, comes down to that. It all the comes real down perpetrator of this issue is the 24-hour news cycles. We should have never instated that. We should have just went ahead and just kept the nightly news and the yep. two prints a day. We would have been so much better for so it. So look, look at the thing better. that happened with this uh, with this guy who, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't even remember his name. We were kind of laughing about this. That lawyer who is like, I'm going to call oh, ICE. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, uh, like, part of me is like, this is hilarious because the response to it has been mm-hmm. so epic. Like, the clap back yeah, to this dude yeah. has been so epic that yeah, it's really like on, funny. On Google, his law office oh my God. got changed to a Spanish <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> that's like, fucking I, amazing. Know, I, I love it. Like, up. that's great. Yeah. Fucked up. A.A. Ron. <laughs> what, a, what a better way to deal with this guy than punching him in the face. Yeah. Right. You turn him into a joke. I mean, like the, it, yeah. I'm not saying that like everything that gets done under this purpose is, is just all okay. But that's like, honestly the best that's a much better way to deal with the oh, situation. Imagine if someone had just shot him; that'd be fucking terrible, dude. I yeah, I got way more satisfaction out of that than like watching someone punch him. Well, in the see, face. well that Google but that, reviews, but that's because of his. <laughs> oh man! But that's Love but that's because amazing. of his offense. His offense warrants. Certainly. Warrants teasing because right. his offense was teasing. Had he like so his offense up, warrants though. teasing. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. Had, I, okay. had he beaten someone up or had he actually called ISIS on these people, or, or ISIS? You hear me? <laughs> had he? I, I can't believe y'all just let me rock with that too. Yeah. Had he actually called ICE on these people or actually gotten someone arrested or yeah. actually did something that detrimental to them? Right. Yeah. I think that a punch in the face might be warranted like if these ladies yeah. are working at this this shop and then he calls ice and gets them deported because he didn't like that they were speaking spanish i think that if he got punched in the face i'd be cool with that well just to jump back to richard spencer though did he i mean not to my knowledge i don't think he ever like like beat someone up right well well like i said he's was not, that punch no, well well like i said but he also knows what he's doing yeah yeah he's, I mean, and like i said he's a beacon for the ideal of the institutionalized racism that has existed in yeah. this country. Yeah. He is he is speaking right towards the 
we should have never let you guys in the building. The base right? instinct. So like Absolutely. so so where your Absolutely. mind goes to immediately yeah. is the violence and the chaos that you mentioned in the sixties. So your mind was going immediately there. So if you're standing on this pedestal saying this is where we need to be, mm. you know what I mean? We need to be back to where we were, you are in a way threatening with direct violence. Yeah. You understand what I mean? So, yeah. so it's like that to me. It, like it's it's a delicate balance. But now that we're done with the topic, and I can stop being a devil's advocate, I do believe that you should never confirm anyone's bias, right? Like yeah. you punching someone because of what they're saying, all you're doing is reinforcing their bias. Yeah. Richard Spencer is not any less racist for it. He doesn't feel any less wrong for it. You're giving Fox News all the clips they could play yeah, over you're, and you're over you're giving them all. Again. You're he's, giving he's them all that. He's going to stand right back up and just like preach the same shit after that. Yeah, punch, yeah, of course. You know? Maybe gonna... even more more so, like with yeah. more conviction. Right. Yeah. Now, just to, to come back season, before we go to uh, the PopCon, you mentioned about DR and Haiti, which revolution I would consider more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the difficult thing is that on the surface, I would say that the Dominican revolution is, is head and shoulders more successful, essentially. Oh, I like that head and shoulders. Yeah. Uh, on the surface, on the surface is more successful, but it, the reality of it is that it's two failed revolutions, right? It's two, yeah. it's two countries that failed to get proper dominion of themselves, right? It's two countries that failed to get proper freedom because in haiti what they incited was they were the first so haiti got their freedom in 1804 by murdering everyone that was occupying like the island man, slave, slave, woman, slave, child. Yeah, yep. slave it was yeah. a slave revolution because they just brought the wrong slaves there yeah they fucked up and they actually brought a bunch of soldiers and generals to haiti and that happened because uh the island itself was a huge port to uh trading slaves into North America. Okay. So a lot a lot of slaves passed through there. And a lot of the slaves that weren't that weren't bought and sold and shipped ended up being generals and soldier slaves and they weren't sold and shipped for scars, wounds, right. temperament, etc. So and I, I hate to say someone wasn't sold because of their temperament. <laughs> that made me feel bad. I mean, that's, but, the, that's the logic but, of the but, time. But that, yeah, right, that's right. the logic of the time. Yeah. So yeah. it's like because of their temperament, those guys that weren't sold stayed on that island. What happened over time is that those generals and soldiers had the means to kill all the people on the island. Right. Do you know I what I mean? The, the French occupancy. Yeah. Now, what happened with them was that they they battled and they fought. For, they bought their freedom in blood, but then they got hit with economical warfare where Thomas Jefferson, who I hate very much, uh, sent out a letter. <sighs> Edgar to, is on record for yeah. saying I that fucking hate hell Thomas is Jefferson. guarded by Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> hell is definitely guarded by Thomas Jefferson. That is like my stance and it's because this motherfucker saw that revolution and he said, he wrote to all the other powers in Europe and he said, listen, we cannot let these savages be successful. We need to do everything in our power to stop these savages from actually growing into a nation. So what France did was they implied taxes for every soldier killed. So like Haiti was paying that off until like the 1980s. And um, from 1804, like it just took them a long time to pay that off because they also stopped trading with them. Um, And Haiti had its own mistakes. They, they, They made their own mistake like in government uh, because again, it was ran by soldiers and generals. It wasn't really p- the brightest politicians of the time trying to come up with how to run this country in the new world. So with that being said, uh, Dominican Republic took a different approach and Haitians hate us for it. But we took the approach of diplomacy where we said, 
you know, we just want to govern ourselves. Just give us the means to govern ourselves. And they negotiated something that allowed them to govern themselves. And what it did was it led to a lot of puppet governments, probably up until, I want to say, maybe the late 1990s. It was just from from like 1870-something or 60-something when Dominican Republic got their independence. It was just a series of puppet governments followed by a dictatorship, followed by uh, an alleged democracy, which was also just a puppet government ran by a different dictator, a much more nicer dictator, uh, at least on the surface. And then democracy finally hit probably like late 90s. Um, with that being said, those are both unsuccessful endeavors, like in terms of becoming a free nation it's both unsuccessful endeavors and the moment when they were a truly independent nation and it was under a dictatorship but he actually managed economic stability where the dollar and the dominican peso were of the same value that's when it became a problem for the cia and he gets assassinated the dollar the dominican peso collapses and we're right back into belonging to the u.s at least not on paper but in economically theory, dependent, yeah, economically yeah. dependent on the U.S., we went right back into debt with them. The reason why the economy balanced out was because he managed to pay off all the debt incurred from purchasing our freedom in the 1860s. And this man was a dictator. He was a terrible person. But economically speaking, he had a plan, an idea, executed it, paid off all that debt. The economy balanced out. CIA was not happy with that because then he started trying threatening to join the soviet union they didn't like any of that he gets killed now with that being said we're talking about which one is more successful but they're both on the losing end that's fair and and, t- and to be fair like this isn't uh the situation going on right now in the united states not at all yeah not but all. but you're right i mean you could compare the two and neither could be considered that successful uh, ethically, morally speaking, uh, you know, you, you can even look at the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got bloody, man. They got real bloody. Reign you of com- terror. Reign of terror. You compare the that revolution? to... Yeah. And I'm not saying that the U.S., they did. we didn't have some dirty shit we pulled on Britain, but, you know, it's referred to as a genteel war for a reason. Like, yeah. you know, they, they pulled some terrorism tactics and, you know, all that, but for the most part, they wanted freedom. They didn't want death and blood and carnage yeah and they were serving you know ideals of the enlightenment period you're talking about the american revolution the american revolution against yeah yeah freedom from britain and i mean you know even after that revolution we became friends with britain right like almost immediately yeah it led to another war eventually but you know for the most part everyone wanted just peace and prosperity which war was that 1812 the war of 1812 yeah Okay. Which I know less about. All I know is Canada was heavily involved in that one. Yeah. I'm That's crazy. Sure Canada heavily involved? Sounds like an oxymoron. They burnt the White House. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Canada they, they burnt to, it? They had to move the White House, yeah. Yeah. Yo, I know. That's crazy. Yeah, there's Wait, some gems in there. I thought that's it was the British great... that did that. Well, I think, you know, via Oh, Canada. yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's going to be a great <laughs> they're, topic. They're technically a, By way a, of Canada, yeah. Yeah, they're technically still a colony or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um. All right, which reminds me. We have a popcorn that is completely unrelated to piss. To piss. You hear <laughs> me? Love it. Oh, Jesus! Jesus Christ! It's a conspiracy. Uh, so we had a couple different uh, popcorns that we wanted to go over, and again, popcorns are popular conspiracy theories that we decide to take a look at, have a laugh, have a shuckle, give it some background, get a better understanding for what it is, and and why anyone might believe that. Uh, so. 
the second popcon that we wanted to tackle last week we did the illuminati this this episode uh we wanted to talk about aids hiv and aids now ever heard of it <laughs> have you ever heard of <laughs> hiv um it kind of struck us at a time when we were in our early teens right mm-hmm. and it gave yeah. us when america was in its early teens 60s oh, and 70s okay. and and america was uh finding their lust for romance and sex they were finding their sexual identity uh america did that probably the 60s as, or 70s as teens often do yeah as teens often do so while we were finding our sexual identity we get hit with this thing boom hiv aids deadly yep. virus slow uh-huh. that down um and there's a lot of theories about how aids started and before we even look at some other ones like do you what do you guys what theories do you guys know about how AIDS started? What are your theories on AIDS, where so they started? The, the, some man who was a flight attendant, who I believe worked out of California, is kind of called patient zero as the one who kind of was very promiscuous and supposedly got down with a lot of people and kind of really got the ball rolling on the whole HIV thing. Uh, I don't know if that's been debunked or not, but uh, my understanding is that you know it, it, it kind of started like you said from the sexual revolution but you know it's some people attribute it back to like one specific flight attendant which is kind of crazy and a little hard for me to follow but you know i guess if you have sex with enough people you can you can you can do all sorts hey genghis khan is said to have had sex with enough people to have his dna still present today so i'm probably his descendant yeah so (laughs) you know what what one man could do with his or what one person could do with their genitalia is uh could be pretty powerful so i don't know especially before condoms and yeah i i'm a little skeptical of it but yeah uh, wait there was condoms and birth control back then yeah They've had condoms for hundreds of years. They used to really? use uh, sheep intestines. Thousands, Thousands, actually. They used to use sheep intestines for condoms. Yeah. Wow. I, I actually think it was a sheep bladder. Okay. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, they used to use organs for that. Uh, because, you know, like royals and, and, and uh, high society people didn't want to... They wanted to get down with good-looking peasants, but they didn't want to deal with uh, the, 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 ram- children, the ramifications of yeah. the children's. Yeah, or gonorrhea. But even before they even understood disease, they didn't want to give them their seed. So. Yeah. So they fucked animals instead. No, no, they wrapped their stuff in animals. Yeah, no, well, yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) It was kind of an orgy situation. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like if you put your dick inside of a lamb and then put that lamb inside of a woman, are you fucking the woman or the lamb? That is a very interesting way to look at it. Plus, I bet these early ones were very crude. Like, what, a knot at the end? Like, maybe some stitches? Not a not a good way to do it, and I mean you know the Romans used contraception, but they didn't use animal intestines for it. What they use? Like gels and stuff. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It gets really. I mean, how could you possibly know? Birth what controls they... existed for a really long time, yeah. as far as I know. That's dope. I would love to yeah. have a future episode topic where we uh, contraception, contraception, <laughs> yeah, the history of contraception. Like I want to know long, how deep that history. goes, how successful it's been. Like are condoms it's really also, the best way? It's also interesting that that's been around for so long, given that like most of human history and like as a, you know part of it too, like religion yeah. has always been promoting having more children, mm. right? You know, but that must you, have been a taboo way of thinking. Yeah, like that, right. Yeah. Back to AIDS. Is it popular theories? Do you know any popular theories? I actually didn't even know that much uh, background information like Alex does about the patient zero thing. I just heard that um, I think it started with like monkeys or some shit like that. Like 
humans yeah. fucking apes. Yeah, yeah you know what? <laughs> I think that's probably the most popular. Yeah, like when I, when uh, I was a kid. Story. <laughs> yeah, 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 like that, that is by far I, the most popular. I think that's the most popular origin yeah, story. Yeah, like like the, when I was a kid, that it. was the one that I yeah, knew. Like, when yo, I was a kid, some it was dudes like, yo. just fucked a bunch of apes, <laughs> and they're like. AIDS. <laughs> yo, That's how it started. Yo, That's what you get. Yeah. The crazy shit is to me that the crazy shit is to me, first of all, like, how do you fuck a monkey, dog? They're so strong. Like, how do you wrangle yo. a monkey and, and fuck it? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's crazy to me. Plus, why? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yo, dog, people well, put their yo. dicks inside of a sheep liver and then fucked a woman with it that's not true. to give them their seed. There's all types of whys in history, bro. That's but, true. Um, so, but then there's some other ones. There's some other more like sinister uh, AIDS uh, controversies. Because the thing about AIDS is that we we spoke about it briefly. Is that the HIV virus itself that leads to AIDS? It, it hasn't mutated. It doesn't evolve, right? It, it, it's pretty much kind of like a standard set of of um, a standard. What what's it called? The virus? chemical makeup of thing. DNA. Uh, no, like it's like uh, whatever. It, it, the, its makeup has been pretty standard since its inception. It doesn't change. You're it has, probably talking about RNA. Probably, maybe, yeah. but like, cause with with typical germs or like the flu, mm-hmm. the flu is consistently evolving, and that's why you need a flu shot every year. Right. Yeah. Uh, the the HIV virus doesn't work that way. It's not a consistent evolution. It's a yeah. it's a it's just a standard makeup. So that leads the way for a lot of different conspiracies about it. Like, for example, population control is one that's right. a, a very popular one. It's a uh, the CIA introduced. Um, the CIA or the FBI, uh, depending on who you ask, right? Because J. Edgar Hoover, sadly, he's he, we share the name, but uh, J. Edgar <laughs> Hoover is another guardian of hell, and he was a raging homosexual that was completely homophobic, and you know he has a whole bunch of tragedies behind him. Like he was a total asshole, but he's part of uh, he's part of that theory where it's like they released the hiv virus as a means for population controls against homosexuals um and, and that's why you have it arise in the the with the rise of free sex in the 70s you have aids tag right along with it because he was very prudent it was kind of like we can't have all these people having sex like i'm the only one that's allowed to butt play um <laughs> so then that's one that's one popular theory the other one is uh uh yes fucking the monkey we covered that one and then uh the other one is the other two is number one there's one that's uh you know how like aids is very big in africa for multiple different reasons uh number one uh, number one reason is because uh they have a lot of tribal home cures for it that involve sleeping with virgins that if you had the hiv and you slept with 10 virgins it it would cure it um and then we understand how that would not be be the best idea well, for they, someone yeah. who is HIV positive. Then you got eleven people with <laughs> HIV. <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, but the other one, and this this one's there's actually two more. Like so, the other one was uh, polio. Polio was very big in Africa at the time, uh. the sixties, fifties. So uh, people were using experimental vaccines to get rid of polio. And the HIV virus kind of spawned as a side effect of these polio vaccines. Um, And that's why it's so big in Africa, because it was spread there first. So, like, patient zero happened there, and it kind of spread out from there. Um, And then the whole shit, the monkey shit. For some reason, as a kid, I always understood it as somebody fucked a monkey. Yeah. Uh, The more prevalent the actual like scientific theory is that chimpanzees get a virus called uh siv 
or something like that and chimpanzees get this virus and it's very similar to the hiv virus so the prevalent thought is that it's somehow cross species um whether that was by fucking or whether it was a chimpanzee in a lab and you know what i mean like just at some point there was a cross contamination between chimpanzees and us because the viruses are very similar yeah well uh can i just hop on this one yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. On the monkey? So, uh, <laughs> uh, well, just on the genetics level, yeah. like how viruses work. All right. Yes, please. All right. Little little bit of science. Here. That's dope. That's a perfect way to close this out. Hit yeah. us with some fucking science. A little bit of science here. Blind so the way the way the way viruses work, right? They're um, they're not actually like living things, as far as you know, like the scientific community would qualify as life, right? It's they're just bundles of uh, things that people call RNA, mm -hmm. which is essentially half of a DNA. Right. So, like, you know, the whole helical structure of DNA, and they're, like, sort of two sides of it, right? Yeah. So RNA is just, like, one half of that. So one strand of it, or one side of the DNA. Um, and the way that viruses work are that they just have, they're just basically, like, a little balloon and a needle. A balloon of RNA and then a needle at the exit point where it injects its RNA into a living cell. That's hardcore. It is. It's actually crazy if you like think about it. So they like sort of latch onto the surface of cells um, through you know certain receptors and things like that. They'll detect where they're at and they'll inject their RNA into a cell and then invade the nucleus of the cell, which houses all the DNA. The RNA then uh, proceeds to rewrite a bunch of the cell's DNA and force it to use its resources, the cell's resources, to create more of the virus's RNA and proliferate. That's sick. It, it basically like just hijacks <laughs> a cell and turns it into a factory for reproducing more viruses. Yeah. That's how viruses work, right? And the th important thing to note, though, is that like RNA is easily mutated because it's only one side. There's no other side to balance it out. Right. right? So it very easily mutates. That's why the flu changes from year to year. Mm -hmm. uh, but humans don't because we have DNA or right. any other animals Yet. don't really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so the reasoning, so like the reasoning for why like uh, HIV and AIDS is designed and that it doesn't change actually doesn't speak to me very much mostly because yes it's true that rna can mutate very easily but just because it mutates doesn't mean it's gonna work okay uh, if that what makes do you any mean? sense I don't, I don't understand so like the flu mutates a lot right and it still works somehow but mm -hmm. that's mainly because the part of it that works doesn't mutate often right and like it just changes um, enough that like your whatever your antibodies and stuff can't fight against it. HIV, on the other hand, might be so specific of like a virus that any sort of mutation on it would change its like whole function, mm. and it would not be able to hijack a cell and then like create more of itself. Right. If that makes sense, you know, like it it might mutate in such a way that it wouldn't cause wouldn't autoimmune deficiency syndrome, right. right? It would just mutate in such a way that, like, it just reproduces itself and then doesn't, like, burst your fucking cell and shit. Like, Got it, it. It needs to be hyper-specific changes that result in these sorts of things. Before we leave, I just have to ask you guys this, and we could leave on this part of the conspiracy theory behind AIDS. Why don't nobody die from it no more? And, and I know people die from it. I know 
regular yeah. people die from it. But there was a point where like celebrities were dying from it, right? Like there Magic was like, Johnson changed everything. He's my, fucking, my, he's understanding, my understanding is that uh, HIV damages your immune system, mm-hmm. right? Things that like the part that would kill you is not the virus itself, right? It's right. like you'll right. get like pneumonia or some shit, or you'll get uh, something else that will you'll be helpless to fight against. Yeah, it's like so, a country without an army. Oh, that's wow. okay. that's what AIDS is like. Costa Rica. HIV yeah. is like it's basically like a country without an army. A country can't exist without an army. Mm-hmm. Um, so long as it doesn't get invaded, right? Right. If you can get that, if you can make sure you don't get invaded, you'll be all right. <laughs> so so what we're saying for our conspiracy theory is that a bunch of celebrities have HIV. We just don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like this is, one, uh, th- this is one topic that I have to kind of like uh, play the skeptic on. Like I, I can appreciate the conspiracy behind it, but I still just. It, it seems no. to me just like a virus. Yeah, and, and this is my parting my parting gift here because we're going to have a whole episode on contraception now. Just make sure you make a note of that, Alex, because we need to do that because I, I feel I like, like that topic. Along, along with the whole AIDS commercials, I remember condoms being much more important when I was a kid. Like now that I'm an adult, TLC? I feel like condoms get used way less. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like way less. So it's like, why isn't there a huge increase yeah. in like uh just scds like i don't understand like it's like condoms are being used way less now like from just my personal experience and like just my outlook like (laughs) if i talk to all of my friends like i ladies out there stay away from edgar (laughs) yeah i just my friend just told me he just told me yo did you know like adults don't use condoms i'm like like, wait what I'm like, yo, he's like, yo, adult girls, they don't like it. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, all right. I guess that's the wave. Like, I, like I, don't, I don't get it. And I'm just like, yo, it's true. I would never offend a woman with, yeah, I'm going to put a condom on to have sex with you. I would never offend a woman that way. So stay away from Edgar. Yo, guys, uh, boys and girls, thank you for listening. Um, we are on our way out of here. Ending with a brutal honesty. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, on that guys. note.